What's up, world? This is Farnsworth with the Ankle Biters Podcast. Just a quick note here. We had special guest month this week, and we had our guest come on with the uh, CFF on IG. That would be Jay Mill and Willie B. Had such a wonderful time. Had a blast. So much so that we went over and out of respect for your time, we're going to cut this thing in half. We've got two episodes to present to you out of this. And so I hope you enjoy the both of them. Until you hear from us next time, peace. What's up, world? Welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth. You already know what time it is. And I'm joined by my man, Hunter Grand Owens. What's up, man? I thought you weren't going to make it tonight. Brother, man, been dealing with a lot. Uh, but I'm here, man, you know, trying to push all this stuff behind me, man, keep the show moving, man, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. You got to keep the show moving for the people, and for the people, we are here. It is special guest month. As you know, if you run with the Ankle Biters, if you rock with the Ankle Biters, October is a special guest month, so we're going to keep it rolling right here, and we bring in some fresh meat, if you will. Right. Listen, they are making their debut to the Ankle Biters podcast. Another dynamic duo, if I must say so myself. Appreciate they come it. into the CFF community stomping hard, mm. barking loud and making noise. Listen, I love it. Everything that they bring to the table, I am here for it. We welcome the guys at CFF. At I oh, what is it? I IG. Yep. CFF on IG. We got Jay Mill and Willie B in the building. What's up, guys? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Right there, yep. gonna give you some applause right there. We're so happy to have you in here with us. So happy you guys can join us. Welcome to the show. How you guys feeling tonight? I appreciate you guys uh, for having us. First and foremost. Uh, we're, we're good, man. Anytime we can talk, you know, football, college football, NFL football, we're down for it. We, we spend hours on the phone with each other. You know, Willie's my best friend. This is Jay Mill talking. And um, we've always said we need to try to get involved in this world anyways. So, you know, it's nice to have a, uh, an invite to uh, to see how we perform. That's what's up, man. That's the same thing me and Tom. I mean, we talk pretty much every day, man, college fantasy football most of the yep. time, you know. So, yeah, we can we can relate definitely to you guys, man. But we're definitely glad to have you out here on the show with us, man, to talk some uh, madness that happened this weekend. It right. Was, it, was, it was some crazy stuff going on this weekend. Absolutely. <laughs> Willie B, man, how you do, man? Man, I'm doing wonderful, man. Hey, I, I had, had a little pregame here with, with uh, Mr. Owens. Uh, found out we from the same neck of the woods, so I'm doing great right now. I, right, I can't right. complain. Right. Shout out, shout out to Mugtown. Yes, sir, Mugtown. <laughs> Look at that. It is a small world. You never crazy. know who you're going to run into. But we love it, though. That's what we're here for. We had an incredible week of college football, as we do every week. College football is what it is because of the things that we saw, the type of things that we saw this past week. Listen, we want to tell you this right here is college football. What you saw this past week, the madness, the uproar, the upsets, 
whatever you want to call it, we get that every single Saturday. This is why we love college football and preferably college fantasy football, the pageantry, the history, the rivalry, everything that comes with it, the upsets week in and week out. It just means more every single week. You never know when you're going to get popped in the mouth. Listen, speaking of popped in the mouth, week seven recap, we got to look at Bama and Tennessee first. This was an amazing matchup. We knew going into this game, everything that surrounded this game, the offense of Tennessee, Alabama not looking like the juggernaut defensively that we've come to know them as under Nick Saban, but they still do what they do with the talent that they have. Hendon Hooker is that dude in that offense. Could Josh Heupel get these guys over the hump? So many narratives and and so many um, quote-unquote streaks need to be broken in this game. So much pressure on these young men. What do you guys think about this game against the Vols and the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide? Hey, I'll jump in and go first. You know, I, I think, you know, just in general, there was so much hype for this weekend, and, and I saw a lot of people say it. It's not an original thought, but, you know, as much hype as there was, like if a weekend could exceed the expectations, this weekend did it, and it was in large part due to this game. Um, you know, everybody loves offense. You know, I can appreciate a, a good 10-7 battle, you know, and appreciate defense, but when you can get a 52-49 game, where it's just going back and forth. Uh, you don't know at the end, if, you know, you're used to Alabama pulling it out. You were waiting on Tennessee to, to get their hearts broken because they were playing so good the whole game. But the fact that they finished it off like they did, you know, I think it, it reinvigorated the entire college football fan base, you know, to know like there, there's a new team knocking on the door, you know, to be a, a potential championship contender. I'll you know, I, I, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, we'll be. No, I, I I was really uh, anticipating something like this to happen. We, we've been talking about it for a long time when Heifel got this job. We were talking about, okay, what happens when they bring that Big 12 flavor to the SEC? How are these defenses going to be able to, to keep up? They always talk about how the Big 12's defenses were were trash, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. We were mm-hmm. trying to figure out when it was going to happen. You got Kiffin, um, uh, Leach, and then, like I said, Heifel. Now we saw those – it's just a hundred points. And, and so any given, any given week, who's going to, who's going to come up and complete with, uh, compete with these type of offenses. And so now we're saying Alabama, it's a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. We, we, nobody's used to, nobody's used to Alabama giving up 52 points in the game. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I loved it. Every right. last second of it. I know right. Nick Saban was probably itching the whole game. Yeah. The offense running up and down the field. He's probably itching like a crackhead. The whole game. Owens, what you think, man? No, we actually picked Tennessee to win this last week on our podcast. Um, I was watching this game. I believe Hooker fumbled late in the fourth quarter, and Alabama picked it up running in for a touchdown. And I thought, that's ball game. You yeah, know? you thought, here we go. I this thought, is the Alabama man, stuff we used yeah, to seeing this, right this, here. This is the stuff that, yeah, we used to seeing. I thought Tennessee just blew it. And here they go, bounce back, man. Like, I mean, it was it was amazing. I was actually shocked, man. I was I was proud the way Hooker bounced back, man. Tennessee bounced back and, and actually pulled his game out, man. But yeah, this was awesome, yeah. man. This is what we like yeah. to see in college finishes in college I'll, football. Hooker, I, I, as you're watching the game, I don't know if I've seen a quarterback so poised under pressure because it wasn't like he wasn't getting the pressure, but right. 
there, there were there were seven or eight passes that that he got off that I thought he was going to get sacked, but he stood in there until the last half second. Like you knew he was going to get sacked, but he right. he just stood there. He didn't get happy feet. He he looked at you know every option, and and I've just never seen anybody so poised in the pocket in, in a long long time. Yeah, I saw, I saw like. Orange brought up the fumble because that was right. I mean, that was it was in their own territory. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the play, it was like, what in the world? The D lineman just picked it up and almost walked into the end zone. Like, look at what I found. Right. And then right. Hooker just trotted off the field. And I thought, okay, I want to see his posture. And I want to see his demeanor when he comes out. In the next possession, right. it was almost like that play never, never had never happened. happened. Right, no, no panic, no, no panic whatsoever. I thought, okay, right, this dude is this dude got some ice water in his veins, right, and right. so they do what they needed to do, like you said, Jamil. He didn't, I mean, no panic from him, and I mean, poised in the pocket, the whole nine. Of yep. course, you, I mean, you've 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 got this thing on the sideline that is Nick Saban haunting you. In those moments when you, I mean, you give up a touchdown like that because you're playing ahead and then you give up that touchdown to go behind, that was, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost like an automatic 14-point flip right there. Right. And, again, Nick Saban is on the other sideline and everything that he brings <laughs> with him. Right, right. All yeah. of that weight right there like, okay, <clears throat> are we going to crumble? Is it about to happen? This dude took all of that on his shoulders and wield him to victory. Yep. Hit and hook is that dude, man. March right down the field. Yeah, man. March right down the <laughs> field. I'm loving me some hit and hooker right now. It's, it's interesting to see what all the NFL scouts uh, thinks about his game. Certainly, this has to go into that uh, as, as heavy consideration as, you know, someone that can handle that moment. Of course, they're always looking for something like that. But, yeah. What an incredible game. But wait this a minute, part. though. Real, real yeah, quick, man, you, you have to say – you have to talk about Hyatt, bro. You, you oh, have, man. You, you have to mention – you, you talk about this game, man. Oh, my gosh. Right, right. Five. Oh, seven. my gosh. He was, catches, right? Six he was, Yes. He was that dude. Like, you normally say Alabama wide receiver do this to other teams. You had Hyatt do this to them. Like, this is like – oh, my yeah, God. But but I I don't know I don't know if I've seen Alabama players uh, do this. It seemed like, and it was literally every time he touched the ball, he scored. Right, right. that was the difference. It five was six, six catches and five of them yeah. touchdowns. <laughs> touch That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was like okay, we, you know, how come you can't stop one guy? It's basic. I mean, and, and how many times have we've said it? You got one guy to stop. You can't yeah. stop that one guy. You got one job. <laughs> and, and the guy supposedly the best that, that the fantasy world loved was sitting out of this game. Cedric And Hooker put those balls right where they needed to be. He hit yeah. that dude in stride time yeah. after yes, time. He, did. he was throwing that deep post like he was handing the ball off. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was splitting, splitting between the corner and the safety. All night long. I mean, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that Hendon can keep this up because I mean, obviously he's had his Heisman moment, so it's up to him to maintain this and, and go pick up that trophy. Right. Well, he's he's got he's got one more uh, huge game on the on the slate in Georgia, being in the SEC East. 
So they've got to, they've oh, yeah. got to, uh, mm-hmm. they've got to keep their focus. You know, maintain their focus. They've got the Bulldogs somewhere ahead. I'm not sure. I'm not looking at the schedule, but I know they do run into them being in the SEC East. That's a whole but, other beast. A whole like other beast. Yes, a whole other beast. But yeah, um, we, uh, real quick, real quick, I yes, got a little the secret that you know. I do believe he can correct me if I'm wrong. In our home dynasty league, I think Willie B let go of Hendon Hooker a couple years ago because he got so frustrated with that Virginia. No, I, no, hey, 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 that that's no lie. But here, here's the thing. Here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of that. And this is what changes things. The transfer portal has changed the game, and I'm not just the college game. We're talking fantasy game. Yes, so sir. now, so now you hold on to guys a little bit longer than just giving up on them. Yes, sir. But. <laughs> We're gonna move on to this, but I, I, I held on to Rattler as long as I could, but he, he gone. <laughs> but I'm right there with you. So did I. So did I. Owens, right. Owens can attest to this. I had Hendon Hooker at Virginia Tech also. Ah. Mm-hmm. When he went to Tennessee, I dropped him. Dropped him because I was thinking there's no way because Hypo likes to push the ball vertically. Right. Right. right and right. Justin Fuente, oh man, he just. We didn't get to see that aspect of Hendon Hooker's game consistently for me to right. lend my confidence in him to the to the point to where I'm I'm holding Hendon Hooker. You know, he's going to Tennessee. I'm holding him. But mm-hmm. I was very mm-hmm. fortunate to get him back in our home league where I dropped him. Very fortunate to get him back and I kept him. I didn't have him in the game this week because oh. I was thinking this is Alabama. Oh, man. Maybe they bother him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. You know, this is this 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 Nick Saban. Maybe they bother him a little bit. You know, maybe he's just you know there's there's a mediocre performance in there, Mm -hmm. and I thought you know I I can go with someone else. I mean, I ended up winning the game, but I man, but I I did want that. I did I did want those points. And it's still easier to swallow since you had him on the bench. But uh, (laughs) but the the common denominator here though uh, with what y'all are talking about is is hypo. We got to give hypo his due before we move on because look, look. he did in the short time he was at Missouri with Bozilek. He's never been that quarterback since Hypo left. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he went to UCF, what he had Gabriel doing. Uh, I mean, the, the man's a magician, you know, with, with getting quarterbacks to understand what they need to do. That's that's oh, yeah. all you about yeah. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am excited for the future. Moving right along to TCU and Oklahoma State, Ooh. the battle of the undefeateds in the Big 12. Yep. This was an amazing game. I thought Oklahoma State had this game on lock. Yes. And then Oklahoma State did what they do. (laughs) Choke it off. Choke Oklahoma State. They did what they do in Oklahoma State fashion, and they let TCU back into this game. And um, the rest is history. Um, Max Duggan didn't play – that amazing game as we, you know, as, as he's been playing all season long, but he really didn't need to Kendra Miller did what he, what he does. And, and Quentin Johnson, I thought that he would go back to CFF irrelevancy, but he shows up in in this game, making some big plays. Spencer Sanders still spectacular, just not enough to get it done in the end. What say you about this game, guys? You can feel late, like toward the end of the third quarter, heading to the fourth, you could feel the momentum switching. And the TCU defense, they start getting 
more confident, more confident, more you can just see it. And they start just dominating the game, man. They start getting three and outs. And I'm looking at it and looking at the game and I'm watching them saying, come on, Columbus State, put something together, man. Y'all got to hold this lead, put something together. And they never could, you know, and and it was it was frustrating because you know Oklahoma's struggling right now, and I want I'm rooting for Oklahoma State, and then they pull off this uh, like you call them a, a choke us, what you call them uh, choke, choke state, Oklahoma State, <laughs> Oh my gosh, man, I I don't know, man, Spencer Sanders, man, like I said, he's he's Mister Do It All, but he sometimes he tries to do too much. I think he I think he need to trust some of his other other guys, man, a little bit more, but. Awesome game, man. Awesome yeah, game. another fun game. You know the uh, the I had I had got to break this one down on a on a show Friday, and um, you mentioned you know it, it would it was going to be a close game. I said it would probably be the closest of all the games this weekend. Double overtime, you know that that's about as close as you can get. But but when I see two teams that I thought were almost mirror images of one another play, the factor I look at for picking the winner is who is the best athlete on the field. And I thought that was Quentin Johnston, and he didn't he didn't let me down in in terms of the, the the way I looked at this game going into it. He had the biggest game of anybody on the field. You know, he he got one touchdown, but he he almost had another long one on top of that. He had his eight for 180. So you know, he's now doing in back to back games. You know, from a statistical standpoint, what I think everybody thought he was capable of from the beginning of the season. So he's he's going to start earning those. Uh, second and third round draft pick uh, choices that were made in the preseason. All right. So to me, going back to uh, what Owens is saying in that second half, when they can't stop anybody, it just, and, and Jay Mel and I had this conversation in the off season. One of the biggest losses I felt was going to happen was them losing to defense coordinator, Jim Knowles to Ohio state. And I knew yeah. at some point their defense it was going to rear its ugly head, and it has the last couple of weeks. And that's what's going on. This was their, supposed to be their chance to, uh, you know, quote, unquote, get this championship. You, They're not going to do that because their defense is failing now. How are you going to fix it? How are you going to turn that around? Jim mm-hmm. Jim, Jim had them balling. They, mm-hmm. they were the best. They were the best the Big 12 had. Right. And now they just look like an average defense. It's not as bad as OU. But they, they just look average. Well, speaking Still of that, speak, speak, speaking of that, like you said, that that one touchdown Quincy Johnson got, that was the coverage was so broken, man. He was literally wide open, mm-hmm. and they you see the Oklahoma State defender, they just looking at each other like, "Hold on, you were supposed to be here. You supposed to have dude. How do you lose him out of everybody on the field? He's their best receiver. You don't yeah, lose bro- that guy." Yeah, I mean, like I say, under Knowles, they were playing, uh, you know, everybody was doing their – it's assignment football. And now they're not doing assignment football. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been saying that all season about when when, when, Jim's, when Jim Knowles left, their defensive, uh, whatever you want to call it, left also. So, you know, they're, they're back to doing what they do as far as, you know, wanting shootouts and, and – yeah, that's that. <laughs> Next on the docket, guys, we've got James Madison. I put this on the docket because this was an interesting game. James yep. Madison coming up from um, uh, yeah, coming coming up from FCS and and they were undefeated. They right. were undefeated and they were throwing some of these teams around. Yeah, number twenty five. 
Yeah, man, ranging everything. I mean, tossing some of these FBS teams around, and Georgia Southern comes in here, and yeah. it looks like with them and their new coach and their new system and this offense flipped upside down going from a triple option offense to wide open spread. Mm-hmm. We were wondering what would this offense look like coming into the season yep. with these offensive linemen recruited to pa- to, to run block. Now mm-hmm. they're being asked to pass block, I don't know, 60% of the time, maybe 65% of the time. Yep. Again, this offense completely flipped upside down. And it looked like James Madison, the more physical team, seemingly was going to run away with this game in yeah. the third quarter up 10 points. And here comes Georgia Southern roaring back. I mean, roaring back. And then the fourth quarter was amazing. Nip yeah. and tuck, nip and tuck, nip and tuck. We back give up. a blow, we take a blow. We give a blow, we take a blow. And at the end of the day, Georgia Southern comes out on top to give James Madison their first loss of the season with Georgia Southern scoring late in that game to take the lead. I think it was a minute and some change left in that mm-hmm. game. Calvin Treese goes bananas in this game, throws that ball 64 times. This is some Mike Leach stuff right here, man. <laughs> 578 yards, four touchdowns. Todd Centeno not far behind. 468 passing yards himself did turn that ball over through the air three times is probably what cost him not a lot of running room in this game. Uh, Obase did get off for 106 yards. Didn't get into the end zone. I don't think they were even no. trying to get him into the end zone. Georgia Southern's run game non-existent in this game to say the least. Jalen White not offering much there in the run game. Uh, did do a little bit in the passing game. If you had him in the game where fantasy purposes are concerned, guys, what do you think about this Sun Belt? Fun belt matchup. Hey, it's it's the reason the Sun Belt is getting that nickname. You know, uh, going back a couple of years, the Fun Belt. They're they're having a lot of games like this. Um, the problem the Sun Belt has is they've got teams that are all good enough now. They don't have a dominant team, so they're just going to devour each other. You know, you're gonna you're gonna see the champion of the Sun Belt come out with probably a, a eight and four or nine and three type record. You might not get that undefeated champion, but that doesn't mean they're not good. It's just the talent in the in the SBC is rising, and uh, you know, kids want to play there. They're doing a great job marketing. Uh, in terms of Georgia Southern specifically, you know, you mentioned Mike Leach. I mean, there are connections. Uh, the the co the co-coordinator last year at Western Kentucky, Brian Ellis, I think is his name. He was with Kitley at Western Kentucky. Yeah. Kitley yeah. You know, there, there is the trail there that goes directly to the, to that kind of a style. Um, then a lot of, you know, the, the, the diehard CFF fans, they knew there was going to be a big switch and they, they followed that, you know, Western Kentucky connection, but I don't think people necessarily believe that could be transported to another location you know, like it has here at Georgia Southern. But what I think it shows you is how Kitley had it so good last year at Western Kentucky, bringing Zappy with him from the lower level. But this system can work because Western Kentucky's proven it can work. Georgia Southern's now proven it can work. You know, the, the, the Kitley trail is now in effect, leaving, you know, with Brian Ellis learning from him last year. So I, I think you're only going to see more of this. I'll talk about it, you know, with, with uh, some of our other segments. I'll, I'll save a little bit more for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll just say with 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 James Madison, you you know you can play at this level. Mm-hmm. So let's you know, 
you don't have anything to prove right now. You ranked. You cannot have self-inflicted wounds as far as the turnover battle. You just can't. And 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 I think that that's what caught them. I mean, this they were one dimensional, one dimensional. I mean, what five hundred and seventy eight yards through the air, and then like you said, nothing on the ground. It, you can't turn the ball over like that and expect to win right. against anybody. Yes, and Teo had the three ints. Yeah, and then you lost. Then you lose another fumble. So I mean, you know, the turnovers were four to one. So you're not really going to beat anybody doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially a team that's looking to throw the ball all over the field like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And you're yeah. the one turning it over, and they're not. And right. they're not. Exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. Bad recipe right. right there. Listen, guys, it's the other game here. Utah and USC. What happened to Utah's defense? They don't play defense anymore. I guess them and Alabama just decided they're just going to go with the rest of college football. <laughs> We're just going to try to just you know run up and down the field. We, we want to track meet with everybody else because nobody's playing defense except Georgia. Nobody's right. playing defense right. except Georgia. James Madison, I thought they would be playing defense, but again, they give up 578 passing yards to a Buffalo quarterback, a former right. Buffalo <laughs> quarterback, a Kyle right. Uh So no shade. We love you, Ventrice. But listen, it is what it is. Utah, USC, Caleb Williams is – I think he might be the best quarterback in college football. Even wow. better than Bryce Young. Wow. Some of the things I saw this young man do against Utah was ridiculous. <laughs> and he's a year behind Bryce Young, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think he's yeah. a year behind Bryce Young. This was ridiculous, man. This dude is freaking uh, I mean, they don't get the win. They lose by a point. Cameron Rising, though, surprised the heck out of me this mm-hmm. year. I did not expect him to be doing these type of things. Right. 415 passing yards and two touchdowns in this game against USC. I don't know. Had USC been at home back in Pasadena, maybe they would have pulled this one out. Mm-hmm. I don't know because they not listen. There was some questionable calls in this game. Right. They were. But, again, at the end of the day, USC doesn't have enough to get it done on the road against the Utes. You got Cameron um, rising. I don't know what's going on with Tavion Thomas. I think I might be done with him for Mm -hmm. the year. Because (laughs) it's too unpredictable. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. For, I mean, I was watching this game and I'm because I had Tavion Thomas in the game in our home league. I'm, I'm thinking, why is Micah Bernard in this game so much? Yep. It made me mad because I'm thinking, I got a football game to win. Kyle mm-hmm. Whittingham, you should know this. You should know that I've, <laughs> that I've got a fantasy game to win. Right. He should know that he's got a football game to win. He should know that he's got a football yeah. game to win. Exactly. Why is Tavion Thomas not in there and Michael Bernard is getting all this burn? Anyways, guys, what do you think about this game before I blow up? A, su- a surprising shootout, like you said, man. We uh, Utah is – not this, they don't have the same defense that we uh accustomed to. Um, listen, like I said, Killer Williams is that dude. Uh, they they you know they got Travis Dye over there. Travis Dye did a little bit, you know, 
but like you said, the, the non-existence of Tavion Thomas is, is is shocking, man. You go from 18 carries last game down to eight, you know, and it's like, okay, we thought he was in a doghouse. We thought he was hurt, but then right. he had 18 carries last week, and you said, okay, well, maybe he's back, you know, and then you feel confident, okay, he's back. You know, start him this week. You only get eight carries. Like, what is this? You know, like, you know, I have no idea. But, you know, Ryzen, Kevin Ryzen, he's – He's the one. He's the man now. It's like they get they gonna just basically ride his you, shoulders, him and, man. Him and Spencer Sanders are are, are the same. The guy. same dude, yeah. Yeah, they'll pull out the belly and they are running in for a touchdown. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm not handing this ball off to the running back. I'm gonna keep it and I'm gonna I'm gonna go score the touchdown. But they want the glory. I want but the, they, they want it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On that the one thing we do know about Utah is they love tight ends, whether they have one oh, of them. Bro. Like can Kuth Kuth is out, so what do they do? They double up on Kincaid. Come on, baby. Right, right. Kincaid, Kincaid, your behind. Uh, did, did See, you was lo- you was gonna lose if it wasn't for Kincaid. In our home league, I had I mentioned I had Tavion in the game, but I also had Dalton Kincaid in the game. Yeah. There you and go. we got a tight end premium in our league. So oh man, it's sixteen for two thirty four, and the touchdown. <laughs> Kincaid made a lot of money. Gave, so big gave, time. To, gave Tony 63 fantasy points. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And for the season, you know, we we tracked the season highs and everything. He he has the highest score for any fantasy game of any tight end all season with that game that he put out this week. Like and and by a by a long shot, he he beat Bowers week three number or whatever it was by like a good 10, 15 points. Like and without without the touchdown because he only had one, right? <laughs> so, right. So, yeah, Kincaid, and he's got a bye week to rest up with whatever got hurt. We're glad he he walked off, and uh, you know the crowd loved it too. So it, that that was special to see. I know I know he made a lot of fans, and like uh, Willie said, a lot of money last night. You know, but here, here here's the last thing I'm gonna say, and and we'll you know I I, I if I do come back or we do whatever, here's the last thing I'll say about USC. We know that they are the Sooners of the West Coast. We know. Um, that their defense at some point is going to rear its ugly head. They're not going to be able to stop anybody. Um, as we go further into the Pac-12 or they go further wherever they're going to end up, this is what's going to happen. Again. We, know, we, we know who Williams is. We know who the coach is, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator, but we also know who that defensive coordinator is too. Yep. That, yep. This is what's going to happen. Yep. So y'all, y'all get ready, Trojans fan. Y'all get ready. You've seen it already. Yep. If you don't score 50, you're probably not going to win the game. That's right. what's going to happen when you come up against good football teams. Yep. yep, exactly. I was talking to a buddy this morning, and this was the conversation. That had they won this game and went undefeated, they would have went into the playoff and faced one of those SEC teams <laughs> and got their doors blown, blown off, off. Straight yes, boat raced. I'm yep. talking about. They would have, I mean, it would have been brutal. Got the brake beat off of them down to the rotors. Yep. Right. This is what we're used to seeing. Like Willie B said, get ready. This is the constant theme right there. Yep. This is the constant theme. And so, and you're going to, and once once they find Riley out, he's going to start losing games he has no business losing. Yep. Period. Because teams are going to know, let's just go in there and hit him in the mouth. And they'll fold. He's got to figure out 
get out of his get let his ego get out of his way and and find some balance. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's that right there. Um, Penn State guys, Michigan, man, that was fun for like a quarter. You were like a, listen. <laughs> Half. I thought, yeah, maybe. First half was good. I yeah. thought this would be a better game than this. Yeah. Michigan, you talking about grown man football? Yeah, yeah. I, I've now had three different thoughts on Michigan this season. I, I thought they were extremely good when it started because they rolled over a couple teams. And then, I, then my second thought was, well, those were really bad teams. So maybe they're not so good. And now I'm back to thinking, okay, they're really, really good. <laughs> You know they're they're start now they're going to start beating some some good teams. Penn State's Man. not a Penn State shouldn't be ten in the first place, but right. they still beat a solid team. And and all you got to say in that look at the rushing four hundred and eighteen versus one hundred and eleven. Wow! And Man. and going into it, PSU was uh, five in the country against the rush. Yes, and they put four eighteen on the ground. Who's doing that these days? Right. <laughs> Listen, man. Those two running backs, Corm and Edwards. Woo. Yes. You're talking about some pit bulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just line up. This, this hand is the ball off to our running backs, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> they make That's the what it is. Exciting. <laughs> it, this is that hardball ball. You I mean you know what you're gonna get. Yeah. But but I wish at what point are we when are these two universities going to be able to recruit some big time quarterbacks? Right. right. So that we can so that we can see what what can truly happen. Right. We all know what Harbaugh is going to do. He, he's going he's going to get that offensive line. He's going to get him some backs. He's going to run it down your throat and you got to stop it. Yep. Right. But and, and then when teams stop them, which they have. You know, in in the last couple of years, then they they you know they they revert back, and then we say, "What happened to Michigan?" Well, they can't pass. Right. right. Game mm-hmm. managers. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Good hey, He's better this year, so you know they they'll go a little further. But uh, like like Willie said, you know, like what happens when they do stop the run, and you have to rely on the quarterback. You know, we'll see. We'll see. But who on their schedule, guys? do you think is able to stop them the way they're running the ball like they are right now? Yeah. Of mm. course they got Ohio state and right. their games at the uh, horseshoe. Yeah. But looking at their schedule remaining, yeah. that would be the only one you would look at and say, can they stop this run? Of course they remember what happened last year when Michigan ran the ball right down their throat. Yeah. The and next they, Ooh, Michigan State, Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois, and then Ohio State. So yeah, they're right. they're running the table until the last game for sure. Illinois is very surprising this year. Yes, yeah, very very good defense. That's true. Illinois, yes. Now that'll be a good game right there because, of course, they uh, they, I mean, this that's a they're good probably point. the shocker in the Big Ten, right? With the way they mm-hmm. play defense and. Uh, mm-hmm. And specifically the run defense, number three in the country. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, so, yeah. But when but when we get down to the to the the end of things, and let's say they do have to face a USC or something like that, and they can't just run the ball whenever they want. Are they gonna be able to pass? Are you gonna be able to score 40, 40 points when it when the push comes to shove and your quarterback has to do it? That's what we end up talking about when we're talking about hardball. 
they would against USC. Well, then I hope they get that draw. <laughs> they would run that ball right down their throat, man. I mean, because USC is fuss, uh, suspect against the run. But that is week seven recap. Let's look at some games in week eight. Week eight preview. First on the docket, let's take a look at undefeated Syracuse. The Orangemen against Clemson Tigers undefeated in this game. What defense would prevail? Garrett Schrader looks like he went into a just, I mean, just a complete quarterback makeover. What Robert right. and I has done with him in his game and how he looks versus what we've known him to be in times past. DJU coming around. This dude is throwing darts. Looks completely different than a quarterback he looked like last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game right here, what defense would make this, you know, the other quarterback revert back to those previous tendencies where we were like, sit them down. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen in this game? Which running back gets shut down? Sean Tucker, Will Shipley. What are we looking at in this game? You've got you've got a freshman over there, Clemson Williams, starting to come into his own. But then you got a Rondé Gatson over there. Looks yeah. like favorite of Garrett Schrader. This is going to be a wonderful game, guys. I don't think Clemson just comes in here and bullies them as they used to do in the uh, in the in the um, the ACC. I'm sorry, I'm getting text messages. In the ACC, I think this is more of a fight. Yeah, I think think it's going to be probably a 17-14 type of game. Hmm. I think it's going to be a low, kind of low scoring game, man. But it's it's gonna be a real good one. They're, they're kind of similar if you think about it. Uh, in some ways, um, Clemson they, they don't have like that dominant defense like that we used to see in as well. And they give up points too. Um, but Syracuse defense, man, they come around, man. The boys, the boys is playing on both sides of the ball right now. I don't think uh, Sean Tucker, man, like I say, he's. He's got a, a hard task when it comes to the Clemson run defense. Um, and Shipley also got a hard task. I think I think Shipley going to struggle a little bit, man, against the Syracuse run defense. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to the quarterbacks, man. Really, I think it's going to come down to um, which quarterback outdoors the other in this game. And, yeah. I, again, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, and, and I think – um, you know, you just you're looking at. It, they both have really great rushing defenses. The the one thing that stands out if we're looking at rankings is Clemson is weak versus the pass. They're 95th against the pass, where Syracuse is still 12th. Syracuse is solid defending. You know, the 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 running game, the passing game. My gut just says like if you're saying who who to recommend for people to bet on and the money line and all that, it's going to be really hard to recommend Syracuse from the history standpoint and the fact they're playing at Clemson. But looking at the numbers, my numbers tell me you know Syracuse has got a fighting chance. If I'm sitting there talking to my son like we do every week about bets, and he's asking me, I'll probably say, look, it's going to be a two point game. I just can't tell you who's going to win by two, you know. But but. You know, I was going to go Clemson because they're home. But, you know, I, I think in this game, Syracuse, just because their defense is better all around and Schrader has improved and he's found a receiver that can actually balance it out where teams can't focus on Tucker 
you know, I'll, I'll give Syracuse the slightest of nods in this game, you know, but low scoring, like you said, I think like a 21 20 type game. Willie, what do you think? Uh, what what is that spread? I, that's that's the one thing I did not keep the note on as far as what the spread was. Uh, but I, I agree. Uh, I think this is going to come down to the passing game. And Clemson, Clemson minus twelve and a half. That's what it is. Oh wow! Ooh, I, I I would I would have I would have to take Ooh. the points. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, that's that's I, too yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to take the points. I yeah. mean, yeah, that changes my whole perspective. Like yeah. That. I mean, wow. I mean, to me, yeah. I mean, because to me, if if I would just look at Clemson every week, not I mean, looking at them, don't look at the final score. I I would not honestly think that they were seven and zero. Oh. That's just me. Or so you, you didn't see that Clemson uniform on that team. You would exactly that <laughs> that right there. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take. The, the Syracuse quarterback and the points. That that's why I'm gonna go this week. So Schrader stepping up. All yeah. right. That seems to be an easy bet right there. Taking it those is. points. Yeah. 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 One of those, one of those yeah. is almost too easy, like Vegas. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's that's too much. Yeah. So yeah. we will. So 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 thirty three to twenty is what we're saying. That's too much. <gasps> Oh, the forty six, so they're basically saying what twenty, uh, thirty, what is that, thirty to um, eighteen, something like thirty to eighteen is what Vegas is saying, you know, wow. what, you know. Okay, I don't know, man. It's not, it's not going to be that much going in that game. It's not. Yeah. I don't see them. I don't see them getting shut out and losing thirteen to nothing. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. No. no. So I, I that in that regard, I'm gonna take the points. Hey, yep. and and if we're talking start sit specifically for this, yeah, I think I think I'd I'd sit Shipley before I sit um absolutely Tucker's yes. Yes. Yeah, when we talk best athlete yep. in the game, this game it's Tucker. Yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. I like that thought process right there. Guys, we got another one in the Big 12. Texas, Oklahoma State coming off their first loss Ooh. of the season. Man, this is a home game for them in Stillwater, Stoolwater, Oklahoma, if you will. They've got the Longhorns coming into this game. What will their mindset be like? Well, I mean, what 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 type of headspace would they be in in this game? Texas, are they starting to heat up right now? You know, um, this game. Uh, I don't know what to say about this game. So I'm going to let you guys do all the analyzing. Well, I I, like, <laughs> like I said before about the Cowboys, you cannot give up 300 yards passing a game. You can't. And this defense should not be giving up that many yards through right. the air. You're they the, shouldn't. 126th in passing, D. Yeah, it, it's unacceptable. So we know what's going to happen. Texas is going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you really that that's going to be the, Texas has got a decently balanced team on both sides of the ball. They're not the best on offense. They're not the best on defense. But they're not bad in either one. They're 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 decent in both. 
And I think that's enough to beat Oklahoma State because of how bad Oklahoma State's defense is. Um, you know, Texas defense is just good enough to maybe not give up 40 to Oklahoma State. They'll probably give up, you know, 31. But I think Texas can score 35 or 38 themselves. So, you know, I, I, I think I think the, the, the O State pass D specifically is going to be their, their downfall again in this one. <laughs> Especially with Worthy still. Worthy's kind of looking to break loose. Yeah, yeah, and he needs to prove that he's consistent. If you look back last year when he was a freshman, when it is acceptable, his you know he'd have eleven points, forty-eight points, seven points, thirty-nine points. He's kind of been that way this year too. He's coming yeah. off he's coming off a big game. Let's see if he can do it back to back because that's what he has to do to show that he's maturing and and not inconsistent anymore. Um, and as much as I love to hate on Texas, you know, yours seems to be. Like I said, decent enough, you know, he, he to to get them through, uh, and they got Bijan, which we can't we can't you know front and hate on Bijan. Like so, they, so they 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 got enough balance where where they can do whatever they need to do against Oklahoma State. He's the best running back in college football. I thought so and, when it started. Listen, and I'm saying that as an OU fan. Yeah, yeah. And I say that with no hesitation. The he, best running back. He should be. And I hope that I hope that Texas doesn't get cute, and they mm-hmm. try to make try to make this that future that feature game because this this is not it. Right, right. The the, the 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 proof is in the pudding. Get get yours out here. You bought him. You bought him here for a reason. Bought him. Showcase show. Yeah, yeah. Bought him for a reason, <laughs> and and you you showcase him this week, and then and then you know get out of Stillwater with this with this win. And then, then Bijan can go earn his money in the, in, the, in the following weeks. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a wonderful game. I can't wait. I can't wait. But that's it right there. For that one right there, guys, listen, UCLA, mm-hmm. who is one of the shockers in the Pac-12, they get Oregon, yep. who can't establish a main running back right now, which is so frustrating to me. You know, we, you know we're always thinking about – fantasy and they for some reason can't establish their number one guy bo right. nix is playing out of his mind right now right he is i mean uh, we're, we're just talking about schrader and how how he looks completely different bo nix you can throw him right in that mix right there under a new coach a new system he looks like a completely new guy mm-hmm. i mean not even refurbished <laughs> he looks like a new guy Completely different dude in this offense, but um, this is going to be a wonderful game. UCLA undefeated. Oregon only lost that, you know, that beat down to Georgia. Who prevails in this game, guys? What say you? I like UCLA. I think, um, you know, when I was looking a little bit closer at Bo Nix's games, he's had excellent games that there's no doubt but i was looking at who he played them against like he started with 10 points against georgia in our in the kind of a standard scoring system then he hit his 32 38 36 40 35 but it like there's not a good team on this on that slate that that he put those numbers up against ucla is a real team they're not the best defense but again they're they're kind of like texas they're not the worst you know they can handle you know what's coming at them uh and i and i i think dtr gets slept on and there's going to be a lot of noise about how Bo Nix has stepped up this week. And the same thing's going to happen when you talk about Thompson Robinson, quarterback in UCLA. People are going to forget he's there. 
He's going to throw for almost 300 yards. He's going to run for like 50 or 60 in a touchdown. And Oregon's uh, going to let him throw at will, I think. You know, this is this is where you see last year's waiver wonder Jake Bobo from Duke step up again, uh, you know, catch a lot of passes, uh, you know, from, from DTR, and UCLA is going to, going to put them away. I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned it, Tony, uh, the running game, running back, they they have theirs. And, you know, we're, we're not sharing the load or any of that. Charbonnet, is, he, he's a stud. Right. And, I mean, just like Jeremy's, I mean, DT, I, it, I, I, I think that I, I'm going to give them, I take them minus eight, whatever that spread is. I'm on, I, that's what, that's where I go. Yeah. UCS, UCS, they, they got it going. What do you, th- what do you think? Farnsworth? Listen, I think you, uh, I think UCLA, the physicality that they showed against, was it Utah? I think that that game mm-hmm. right there said a lot to me. It, it spoke volumes. Mm-hmm. to a type of team that they're putting out on the field this year. Again, right. Oregon, like you said, I mean, you looked at who they played, but it, I think I think UCLA may – I think they may be too much in this game. Right. And that's, and, that's, and that's hard for me to say because what we've known about Oregon is they were somewhat the team to beat in previous years in the Pac-12. Right, but now Chip Kelly, what he's what he's done with this offense, DTR again looks amazing right now. I right. mean, he he lit Utah up. I mean, they've put up forty in five of their six games. Absolutely. So they are rolling on offense right now, like you said, Willie B. Charbonnet is that guy. There's no debate on who's going to get the football. There's no there's no whoever has the hot hand or mm-hmm. any of that type of crap that we hate hearing. As fantasy football players, we hate hearing that kind of stuff, man. Whoever has the hot hand, man, forget that. Establish you a guy and roll with it, man. We got fantasy football games to win. Yeah, Chip Kelly helps us out immensely in letting us know, hey, this is him. Hey, it's it, it's him. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and I'm Can I'm just get... like the DTR's weaker games were only because they were playing really weak opponents, and they didn't yeah. need him air it out. I'm looking like, you know, he didn't get that many against Colorado. He didn't get that many against South Alabama or Alabama State because he didn't need to. This is the kind of game where you need to play DTR because they're, they're going to need him. They're not going to blow him out. But, you know, so he's, he's going to get, like I said, his, his close to 300 and, mm-hmm. and his 50 or 60 rushing and, and, and getting the end zone with his feet. This is his kind of game. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, here. Yeah. And it's not like Oregon hadn't given up any points this year. Right. Oregon's been in some shootouts. You know, it was in a shootout against Washington State. Cam Warden, those guys. So, so they've had some. They've had some instances this year where they didn't look like they were dominant either. So, right. Uh, that's that. So, and and then I go back and last. I mean, and then let's not sleep on Oregon either. I mean, they they put up forty in every game, except for Georgia. But take the take the over what what's that what's that over take right. take it take it if it's if it's over 65 take it all right there you go he said if it's over 65 <laughs> let's find that real quick i think the uh, well it's over 65 buddy it says 70 and a half well, that's a tricky one that makes it tricky that's a, a lot bit. of points yeah that's a lot of points but 
Yeah, I hate a 70-point over-under because <laughs> it's, it's hard <laughs> to imagine a 34-35 game. <laughs> but it, it could happen here. This, this, yeah, this could be it. Buy, buy some points. Take, take a little less of a risk. There you Get go. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you one that that may be the exact opposite. K-State and TCU, guys. Again, TCU still undefeated, man. Yep. They're still rocking this undefeated. uh, They're they're, they're boasting this this undefeated record. And K-State comes in here five and one. They're, you know, they're slow. They're methodical. They're you know, they're, they're, they're punch you in the mouth. They're real physical. They don't do a lot to mess up. You know, you have to actually beat them. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to fathom how do they get beat by Tulane? Well, Tulane's ranked now. Tulane, I mean, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Tulane's now in the top 25 from what I saw. Right. Uh, they're going to be – Tulane's one of the better group of five schools. But, again, you're right. But you, you shouldn't lose to Tulane and then go beat Oklahoma and Texas Tech. That's the right. confusion. That's the confusing part. Very like, confusing. Go go to Norman. I was at that game. Go to Norman and hit OU in the mouth all night long. Right. But what it looks like, they they really they're in that. I don't know uh, how the leadership is on that team, but it looks like they're like playing to the level of their competition too. Because Tulane mm-hmm. was ten to seventeen lost. Then they they score a lot of points against Oklahoma and Texas Tech when they had to, and then they stumble by Iowa State ten to nine. Yeah. You know, so they're playing to the level of their competition. So for K-State fans, okay, then maybe maybe that means they need to score 40 points this week. And I don't think they can do that against – even though TCU's defense is pretty bad, they're not as bad as Oklahoma State. Uh, But, you know, this this one, I don't don't have a doubt it's going to be TCU. I think TCU is for real. Um, Sonny Dykes has got them rolling. (laughs) And uh, Dugan is very comfortable now. Um, You never know which – you're going to get with Martinez on the other hand, you know, we know from playing fantasy, he is Mr. Inconsistent, uh, you know, and from a real life perspective, he's probably better than he is as a fantasy. You know, he's a fantasy owner's nightmare, but he, he's a good real life quarterback, but um, I don't think he's enough to put up enough points against TCU. Who's going to get their 40 points, no matter what. Yeah. I'm, I, I have to agree with that. Um it, we do know that K State they play differently uh, away than they do at home, uh, but but TCU I mean they they they've been doing a week in week out they're they're the most consistent group. Uh, I, I I have to agree with everything that Jay Mill said here. Um, I have no doubt that that TCU will uh, remain undefeated. Yeah, and don't think we forgot Deuce Vaughn. We know he's there, but TCU knows he's there too, and that's the problem. Is you can shut down Deuce Vaughn, and you're probably going to shut down Kansas State. And, uh, you know, I think their focus goes towards that. Um, you know, their strength seems to be, you know, if they're good at anything on defense, it's 55th against the rush. So, you know, they've got a shot at shutting down Deuce, which which will really help them. But I just don't think Kansas State can put up for over 40 against them, and they're going to need that to win. They can't do it. That is just amazing, man. Moving right along, we've got Marshall and James Madison. I put this one on the docket because – this is a sneaky good game. I yep. think that Marshall is better than what their record says, three and three. Yeah, you you, you got the yep. cup right there. I see you, J. Mill, representing right there. Yeah. Both of these teams boast a good defense. Right, right. James Madison coming off their first loss of the season. Again, 
what's their mindset going to be like? Marshall losing to a Lafayette team that they probably should have beat. But again, their quarterback woes, will they continue? Will that continue to haunt them in this game? Again, this is a sneaky good game. What do you guys think? I'm, since I have a vested interest, I'll wait and see what uh, Willie B has to say. Because I've, okay. I've got Boston. It's hard to not be biased in this one. <laughs> right. So, so with that, with Marshall, it's going to come down to are we going to have Columbia or no? If if we have if, if they have Columbia, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, but if they if they do have Columbia, just expect James Madison to come in and 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 do and give them their their what third fourth loss. Fourth. I, I I don't understand how they played so well against Notre Dame, and since then you can't. I cannot figure that. I out. I cannot fathom that. Yeah. And when we had this conversation, I mean, I've had this conversation privately. But it's unacceptable. Yeah, and and there there's some things that you know. For those that don't know, uh, this is Jay Mill. My my son does play at Marshall. He's a tight end there. He got the go ahead touchdown in the Notre Dame game, which was the most incredible live experience I've ever had. Um, shout that out to Devin Mill. Yeah, it was it was really incredible. Wow. They, they scored in the end zone. We were sitting in too. It's like they were just bringing it home. You know. Wow. You know, there are things I can say that aren't like hidden hidden factors that that the public knows about, but or they they had access to, but they may not know about. And, and after that Notre Dame loss, the old line coach for Marshall quit. Yeah, now, why he quit? You know, maybe I can't get into all of that. But what happened there was it it definitely had a bigger effect than the Marshall staff and players and fans and the football world really thought it would have on them. You think that, okay, coach quit, the line's still good. We'll keep doing what we're doing. But I, I think it just, it had an effect on some of the chemistry around the team. And, and again, a lot more of a factor than, than people realized. They had a shot last week to get their stuff together. Um, it looks like Columbia might've been hurt when the last play of the first half, they were playing decent in that first half. Uh, kind of sent the team on a downward spiral for the second half. Uh, again, on paper, this is one where it looks like, you know, James Madison should come in and, and win it outright because, you know, statistically, you know, they're much higher on the uh, offensive side of the board when it comes to passing and running. Marshall has really struggled to get passes downfield more than 10 yards. Uh, I, you know, I'd like to think they fixed some of those problems. Uh, and I know they're capable of it because the, the Notre Dame win wasn't a fluke. They beat them up and down the field. Um, so remaining as unbiased as I can, I'll say I, I think Marshall can turn it around and win. Um, but it's hard for me to, to give you all uh, you guys a, a, a neutral opinion. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm going to pull for Marshall and say that they can pull this one out. I, I will ask this, though. Uh, James Madison is first against the rush. Yep. And they're 93rd against the pass. Right. So can Marshall pass the ball without Columbia? If they is, is gonna be that big that bigger question. Or they, can they do it with him? They need to target the tight end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be the same issue or the same um uh thing as it was last year. Can Centeo be turnover free right you know um because i don't i don't i don't see marshall just really stopping them a lot 
Uh, they thirty six against the pass, but you know, right. they, but 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 James Madison at, at offensive, uh, they, they got a lot of it can score a lot of points. Uh, but can Santeo take care of the ball? I think that's going to be a key in this in this game here. Right. We need uh, if and, it's going to be because of their defense. There's no secret about that. But and their their defense is is you know has has not been the reason they're losing. You know, we'll we'll we've we've seen right. that. There you go. Right. Not at all. Not at all. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. We're moving right along. We're going to get into our start and sit segment, the CFF content of the show. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go with one running back, one uh, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, um, and one tight end. If you if you can find one that you're bold enough to tell you you're going to start. Just tight ends in college, you know, they're just they're just hard to find. When you're thinking about consistency, and you're thinking about those outside of those top three or four or whatever. And so this is how we do it on the Anchor Miners Podcast. We're starting a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're going to sit a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. I want you going to kick us off as always, but you got a quarterback, Doc. Man, I'm gonna roll with um, Rourke, Rourke, Curtis Rourke, man, out there at Ohio. Um, he's been kind of uh, on the down uh, downside lately, but man, the guy, man, he's in an offense, man. The guy can put up some points, man. And I'm not, I'm not done with him yet. You know, I, I, I've seen what he could do uh, a few weeks ago. Um, it's kind of like gave me a glimpse in of what he can do and he got a really good matchup this week um versus northern illinois and i think he have a bounce back week this week so i'm going to feel safe and start Curtis rope this week will it be what you got dirt sir all right, number seven of your programs, we're going to go with Dequan Finn from Toledo. The last three weeks, 616 yards, 11 touchdowns passing. He's got another 200 on the ground and another score. They they got Buffalo this week. Buffalo is 52nd against the pass and 94th against the run. This kid, he might have 400 total yards and another four touchdowns, maybe five. I like it. My bad, my bad, Jay Mill. I skipped you, bro. Go yeah. ahead. Willie can go for a while, too. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. Uh, we talked about him earlier, so I like if my there, Kyle Priest from Georgia Southern. I think at that point of the season where he's, he's learned the system, he's beginning to master the system. What you saw him do, you know, last week, he's going to repeat it against the other Virginia team. In the Sun Belt, he's going against Old Dominion, who has the 117th worst passing defense in the country. But look, look for Kyle Van Trees to throw another 50 or 60 passes. He might not get 578 again, but he's going to get over 400 yards for you. I love it. That's what I'm talking about, guys. I got to go with Colin Schley. I'm going with Colin Schley because. I think this is a game where he gets off the schneid. He was kind of on that this past week. But he played a good defense in Toledo. Toledo, despite what their numbers may say, they, they are a 
formidable defense in the MAC, the Mid American Conference, and they he didn't look particularly good in this game. No passing touchdowns. He had a pick, ten rushes for fifty six yards. He did get in the end zone twice on the ground, but this is not. These are not the numbers that we are looking for from Colin Slee coming into this season. He gets Akron this week. I know, again, people may be tempted to, I need to sit him down. Maybe he's not what I thought he was. I think that's a mistake. I think you got to roll with him this week versus Akron. You got to throw him in there. You got to, you know I mean, you got to keep going with him. Always when you got to run him back. I'm going to roll with Carson Steele, man, at the Ball State. Um, he's going against Eastern Michigan this week. They are 87th against the run. And uh, Ball State, is feeding this young man the last five plus games man he has over 20 carries last week he had 32 carries for 179 and three rushing touchdowns i am going to feel confident and safe and starting carson Steele. and by the way this guy is only 60 percent owned in rosters so Bro, if he's out there on somebody's waiver wire, pick this guy up, man, and put him in the game. And I don't know if you ever saw him. He looks just like Thor. He's, he 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 plays the role. He looks just like Thor. Yes, Carson. he does. Big boy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So with uh, E.J. Smith's replacement, Casey Filkins, Stanford running back. If you've played college fantasy football, you know a Stanford running back is always worth having. Uh, he's He's – Increased his load in three consecutive weeks from 19 carries to 21 carries. He matched Carson Steele's carries of 32 last week. In fantasy at running back, you need a bell cow. You don't need the coach, you know, trying to figure out, like Farnsworth said, who's got the hot hand. We know mm -hmm. Phil's going to get the carries for Stanford. They're also playing uh, Arizona State team that's in shambles, 92nd against the rush. There's no reason not to put Philkins in your lineup. And he should be available in a lot of leagues. He's only 16% roster. Yeah, forget that hot hand stuff. We don't want to hear that mess. Mm -hmm. No. Really be. What you got? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ohio's Sia Bangura. He's gonna get you double digit carries. He's done it the last three weeks. Six touchdowns in those last three weeks. So this this guy is the guy you should have. 27% owned. He's going to get in the end zone. I, I'm going to guarantee that. He's going to be in my starting lineup this week for sure. And I'm right there with you, buddy. He's going to be in mine too. So we are right there together. Great minds think alike. I got to go with Charles McClellan running back for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I understand it. Corey Kiner is there, kind of looming, but... With the, with the injury situation, he can't stay healthy. And besides, the last time we saw the Bearcats on the field playing football, it was against South Florida. And Charles McClellan had 21 carries for 179 rushing yards and two touchdowns. He gets another kind of defense like that this week in SMU. It's another kind of defense just like just like South Florida. Matador defense that like to just you know get out the way and just let running backs have their way, run up and down the field, and do what they want to do. I think Charles McClellan is going to do just that. I think he's going to run up and down the field and do what he want to do in this game against SMU because they couldn't stop any one of us. And so I got to go with Charles McClellan 
in this game. I wonder if you got catching that sucker, man. Man, I'm gonna roll with Dante Cephas, man, at the Kent State. Uh, Colin Slee got two guys he throwing to, Walker and Cephas. And Cephas has been getting a lot of targets, man. He's been getting double digit, di double digit targets the last three games. Um, he hasn't had a touch, he didn't score last game, uh, but I think he's gonna have a back bounce back game this weekend against Akron, who is terrible against the pass. And so um, I, I'm looking for Dante Cephas to get back on track, and I am going to start him against Akron this week. I see a theme, there's a theme going against Akron. Yeah, <laughs> okay. okay. Who's up? Me? J-Mill, you're up. All right. I might need pronunciation help on his last name. It's your boy out at Washington, Rome. Dunze? Oh, Dunze. Oh, Dunze. Yeah, yeah. Dunze. Um, he's, he's got competition in terms of don't, other guys. Team don't kids. listen to Owens about how to pronounce the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm second behind... King butchering names, you know, behind John Lobb. John Lobb number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've he heard him butcher some names, but I'm, I'm right behind him. <laughs> right. And I didn't bother to look up on the program, you know. <laughs> but here, here's what I did look up. I looked up that he only has under 10 targets in one game this season. And he only had under seven catches in one game this season. He was targeted 17 times two weeks ago. Uh, he had 169 and two touchdowns this last week against Arizona. He's going against an equally bad California defense this week. They're 98th against the pass. So go with your boy, Rome Adunze. <laughs> I like it. Willie? All right. I'm going to go with, uh, you need a third wide receiver or a flex. We're going to go with another Cephas, Joshua Cephas from UTSA. The Roadrunners are putting up the points. Uh, he, he's he's going to get probably a double-digit target. He is due for a score, due for a score. So I plan on starting him this week, Joshua Cephas. That's what's up. Guys, we're going to go with Smoke Harris. There you go. Wide receiver for Louisiana Tech. Listen, the way they're tossing this ball around here lately, I want some summer Smoke Harris. And I'll tell you what, if my name was Smoke, I'd be talking all kind of noise on the field. <laughs> my name was Smoke. Smoke Harris, the, I mean, the name just makes you want to put the guy in in the game. Smoke Harris. He's coming off a game where he has 12 targets, 10 catches, 156 yards. Didn't get in the end zone. I think that changes this week against Rice. Rice is half decent, kind of lukewarm when it comes to uh, defense, but I don't think it matters. Again, the way they're tossing that ball around. I got to go with Smoke Harris at wide receiver Owens. You got a tight end for us, sir? I do not have a tight end. You don't want to start a tight end at all? I do not. <laughs> they were hard to come by this week. They, they were hard to come, come by. by. Yeah, they are. He said, forget the tight ends. But Jay Mill. <laughs> yeah. Hook us good. up, bro. Hook us up. We got four of us today. We got Caden Priest going from Memphis. Yeah. Memphis can't find a wide receiver to steadily throw the ball to, so they've decided to make one of their number one targets to tight end, Caden Priest going. Uh, he had nine last week, six catches for 104 yards. He didn't get a touchdown, but guess what? He scored a touchdown in the previous five games before that. So I think you definitely want to get him in. They're playing a tough two-lane team. What do you do when you're playing tough defense? You focus on getting the ball to the tight end in the flat. Here we go. 
Will it be easy? All right, I'm going to go with Cameron Latu from Alabama. Not bad. He's healthy. You know they pissed off. He scored the last two games. You're going to keep it rolling this week. So if you need a tight end, you better get him in and get him out. Yeah, and Bryce Young was looking for him often in this game versus Tennessee. Yeah. Ten targets. Yes, yes. Looking for him often. Guys, I'm going to go with Tyreek James. Um, we just yeah. mentioned Tulane. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek James, man, he's 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 a, a, a wonderful option for – I don't know what the quarterback situation is like, though. I probably should have looked at that. I don't know if Pratt is – Pratt's healthy. He's ready. He's going. Okay. Pratt's ready to go. Good deal. Well, then sign me up for Tyreek James. Uh, I think he's ever since he, you know, he he missed the Southern Miss game. He comes back and they're kind of working him into the mix the last three games. You know, two catches, three catches. Then last week, five catches for 79 yards. Again, didn't get in the end zone, but they've got Memphis this week who loves shootouts. They want to get in a shootout. And I think that if they're going to get into a shootout with Tulane, Tyreek James is going to be in that mix. So you got to start Tyreek James if you're looking for a tight end this week and you're struggling in a a bit. You got to start Tyreek James. That's it for the starting side of this.